Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the very first Fell Pony podcast. I'm really pleased you could join us. We've got some amazing guests coming up over the next six weeks, to start with anyway. Um, breeders, Fell Pony breeders, um, Fell Pony judges, long distance riders, um, fountains of information, and um, shush cat. <laughs> That's Jim. Oh, he's not being fed. Oh dear, I'm gonna have to stop and go and feed the cat. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the very first Fell Pony podcast. I'm Tom Lloyd, and it's really lovely to have you all here. I'm really excited about this, actually. It's uh, it's kind of come out of nowhere, and uh, we've got some really interesting guests for you over the next six weeks. Uh, breeders, judges, um, got some people talking from the Fell Pony Society, a really interesting bunch of people with um, all of whom have an immense wealth of knowledge about Fell Ponies. And I'm really lucky to be able to get to chat to them every week. I am, so I hope you're gonna enjoy this too and tune in for the next few weeks. On the show today, we have the one and only Andrew Thorpe of the Wellbrow Fell Pony Stud who from a pretty much standing start in 1995 has risen to be one of the most prolific breeders uh, of the last 25 years. Andrew, how are you doing? Welcome. Welcome to the um, chicken shed. Have you been wintering? Because it's a long slog, isn't it? It certainly is. Doing all right. Not doing so bad. We're getting through nicely. And when do you stop feeding animals? How long have you got to go? We'll feed until into April. But... um, They'll feed sheep right till end of April, but ponies, they decide when they want to go. Ponies decide when they're going to stop. As soon as they get them... So one day they'll just not be at the fell gate? One day they'll just... They'll have gone. Yeah. They'll have all... One or two will just start clearing off earlier than rest, but, but you'll just go and there'll just be cows there. Sometimes I feel like they go a bit too soon, but... There's nothing you can do about it. They make their own mind up that ponies. Dr. Green, that's what Walter always used to say, my dad. Walt, wait for the Dr. Green. Oh, it's, Dr. Green. It's marvellous stuff, is Dr. Green. Yeah. So describe to me, um, can you describe your world, Andrew? So you've got a yard and, you know, your farm and there's a common where the ponies are run out. Um, and just describe the setup with you and Michelle and Gemma, what you've got going on there. We've, um, we've, we're farmers. That's what we are. We're sheep farmers, really. And uh, we've we've a herd of Galloway cattle, and we've a herd of fell ponies. We keep the fell ponies live out on common land. We breed off them. We we try to breed them to best of our ability. But um, wife's a master saddler and harness maker. Is Michelle? We have a saddlery shop in farmyard. Um, my daughter Gemma, she's involved with us, but she works for Farmers Guardian. So my brother, he's not part of us, but he's, we're best of mates, and he's a farrier. So as far as ponies go, we can just about manage anything. So, so how extensive is the how extensive is the common where they're grazing? What sort of you know acreage or hectares? What we're we talking about there? About five thousand acre. Um, that's where the ponies run. But with two lots of common what we use, 
Um, on the other side of Valley, coming on the other side of Valley, two largest registrations in Lancashire are on the other side of Valley. So, Scout Moor and Rural Moor, two largest registrations in Lancashire. So fell, fell ponies, they're exported all, over, all around the world now. You know, there's ponies in Germany, Holland, the United States, um, Denmark. But there's less than 200 fell pony mares living out on a fell in a semi, semi-feral, semi-wild state. So can you explain to people at home who, you know, they might know what a fell pony is, but they don't really understand, um, you know, sort of the extensiveness, how they, how they run and how they're managed. Um, are they untouched? Are they unhandled? You know, how often do you see them, the ponies that are out? See them more or less every day. I, I, I do. I keep my eye on them. I know where they live. They, they stick to their own part at more. Cops it well, we always call it more. It's common land. But they, they stick to their own part at common. We have one mare that has never been touched by man. There's only one, but that one's never been touched by man. If it had been, I would have showed it everywhere. Because it's out of this world. But we we never we never handled it as a youngster. Um they tend to go back to the same place and fall every year, more or less in the same place. So it's, it's not hard falling them out on common. We fall out on common because we've only just done lambing time, we're sheeping pastures at all. And we think that common on more was, was probably a cleaner area for them to fall, there'll be less infection. Um, and, and it's like that fall, if we, just, if we keep it, if it's a fairly fall and we keep it, then it'll most probably go back to a similar area. They do, they go back to a similar area where they were born. When they start falling, they, 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 they stick to them areas. And what sort of size groups would you, do they hang out? Do they hang out in family groups or like groups of a similar age? They do hang about in, in groups of a similar age. But when you're feeding, it's amazing. The mer, what some people will call I don't know, matriarch or the myrrh that is the actual boss. The boss of the herd. Boss of the herd. All our family are allowed to come in for a start. All our family come in. As, I'm, as I, I'm unrolling a bale up back at Tractor if I go to feed, all our family walking first. Now, it's Eltondale Lucky Girl the fifth. We call her Dash. That is, that, that, that's the old myrrh. So her family, there has been quite a few disputes in the last couple of years because she's nearly 30 and there's been a few disputes among her daughters. Who's going to... That's a that's a very good age to still be a matriarch. That's good age. Right, well, they're, they're, they're just... They're, I think Elton, I think Wellbrow Lucky Lass is going to be boss mayor. But Wellbrow Bimbo is born off Wellbrow Carmen which is a different, and, and one day I'm stood looking and I thought, oh, Bimbo's coming in with lucky last, with lucky girls, family, they're all coming in. And then you think back and you think, yeah, but Bimbo's father were Wellbrow Rambler, which was out of Eltondale Lucky Girl the Fifth. So she's in both families. So she, she she's allowed to come in with her grandma's lot, so. It's, but it, it, they are like that. They're very much like, 
great bonus of more. Yeah, they do well and everything, but when you're feeding, you're grazing, you're second class citizens. Yeah, they're treating like they're nobody with rest of ponies. And it doesn't matter what family, doesn't matter what family them greys are out of. They, they, no, they're not, they're not treating good with the rest of them. They keep them back. And then they come, as you get nearer to end at bail, then they come in. That's really interesting. So how often would you, how often would you get these ponies in? How often do you do a roundup and bring them home? And I don't know, do you do the worming and do you do the feet? How much interaction is there between you and the ponies throughout a year? We won't be long now before we bring them all home, worm them and do them for lice. They always, ponies get lousy at spring. So we'll, we'll, as we're getting towards spring, we'll, we'll, before we get into lambing time or anything like that, we'll, we'll bring them home and worm them and do them for lice. They go back to more, they fall out more, then we want them all home somewhere between 1st of July and um, about 12th of July, we want them home. If we could, if we could get them away with stallion for 1st of July, it'd be nice, but uh, Sometimes we don't just manage to get them away. I don't want any falls before 1st of June, because it is, it, it, around here, it's an hard area, and like we've just discussed, that Dr. Green, it's marvellous stuff. I want a good, I want them to have a good do a grass for at least a month before they start falling. Month, five weeks, six. The, the difference that grass makes to them, oh, it makes all the difference in the world. It does. Well, obviously, people at home probably don't know this, but I, I know those comments really well because uh, you, you're running your ponies out on the fell where my dad set up his herd in 1957. And although I didn't grow up with my dad, so that means me and you never really knew each other. You know, we probably I think we're about the same age, but we never really knew each other way back then. But then 1995, I think it is, you, at Sarge, no, Sergeant Greeter's um, the dispersal sale of yeah. the Heltondale herd. You went and I think you pretty much set up, didn't you, from then? And we were there at the same um, auction and me and my dad, we bought two Polly Perkins mares actually because our herd had gone right back down the Polly Perkins line and we wanted to bring some back in. I should just point out for anybody that doesn't know, Heltondale is widely regarded as the most influential herd and stud in the history of fell ponies. So Sergeant, Sergeant Greeter's dispersal site, is that how you got started? We'd, we'd had fell ponies previously. Um, but my dad, we'd actually had, we, we, we had a, a, a beautiful brown mare called Walthwaite Fancy. We had a black Eltondale mare. And we had Fell Stallion Town End Romany, the second. But my dad, my dad wouldn't breed Fells. My dad crossed them. So we knew Sarge's sale were coming up. So what we did were, we, we, me and our Alec, we got rid of, we, we more or less got rid, sold nearly all our ponies at the time. So when Sarge's, when we got to Sarge's sale, we went round, we went round and looked at ponies in pens. We'd had a catalogue, we'd studied catalogue, we'd studied some stud books to see which, because because we'd previously had fell ponies, we had lots of fell ponies, we knew that not all fell ponies breed every year. So we, we, we studied some of the stud books to see which mares had had foals registered off them pretty regular. Now Polly Perkins, the, the fourth, she'd had foals registered. Eltondale Polly, fifth, what we bought. Yeah, the, regular, they, they were having foals, right? So 
Because we were buying as farmers, sheep farmers, if you don't get lambs, you don't have nothing to sell. If you don't get foals, you have nothing to, to pay bills. I think we bought clear lines. Because they'd, they'd been breeding and registering foals on them year after year. So when you say clear, so then you're talking about the um, foal immunodeficiency syndrome yeah. there. Is that, is yeah. that right? Uh, yeah. but, but so so it, at the time, see, at the time that was just all starting, people weren't really clued up on it, were they? We knew nothing about it when we went to that sale. We knew absolutely nothing about it. We, we didn't know it existed. Um, Bill Potter and Thomas Capstick came down to look at fall off both Polly Perkins, Colt Fall, what she had the following year, and... While they were having a brew with my mum, Thomas were telling my mum all about it. And that's how we really got to know. So that's a year after you'd got in? We'd heard about it in the meantime, but Thomas told, told my mum all about syndrome. So it's interesting you mention it's interesting you mentioned Thomas Capstick and Bill Potter coming down there. So, you know, I was going to ask, because you're a bit out on a limb where you are, aren't you? You know, you're, you're I don't know, what, 60 miles probably away from the next next big herd. Yeah. Where did you get advice? You know, did you get did you get help when you were looking through the um, the, the catalogue, you say you were looking at in, through the registration books and seeing what had had foals, but you know, were you looking at, at pedigrees? Were you looking at the animal? Were you looking for a certain type? Yeah, we were looking for a type. Um, Walthwaite Fancy, we wanted that type. When we were kids, your dad had a brown mare and he had a black mare, and I think they'd come from Sarge's. And I can remember, I were at primary school at the time, I can remember, I can remember them like yesterday. They were someone else. They all moved, everything, they, they moved. They always had, all ponies were liked, always had small horses. But my dad, my dad's the best horseman I've ever met in my life. It don't matter whether it's horse, ponies, cattle, sheep, you follow your mum and dad around and you don't even realise you're learning. But there's something inside farm kids. You just learn you learn as you're following as you're following them on. So I'll tell you what I like, what, what what I look for in a fell pony, really. Yeah, I want good joints. I want tiny ox. I want movement. I want it when it picks its feet up that it's going forward. I don't if if I'm I don't ride now like I used to do, but it, Basically, from where we live to go over up Thades and over top to Lickleborough, I want to be coming home. I don't want to be taking half, half a day to get there. I don't want to be there and back. So if, if you're, everything's right, bottom end and your shoulder length, and I want a good length of rain. I don't want to feel like I'm going to fall over there here. But I want to look at a fell pony, and I want my fell ponies to look like they're as wild as them hills that they come off, but they're quiet. But if you look in Clive Richardson's book, there's a picture of Elton Dale Prince. Now, today, people would want more air at bottom, feather. But you look at that picture and it's them wide nostrils and that mane, and you think, is this going to run at somebody or is it going to go down that hill and jump over that wall? It's, I, I, want that, I want them to have that look about them. Um, I, so you would you would have gone to Sarge's sale looking for a stallion as well then, and you know, and a stallion's half the herd, right? That's a big decision when you start. We never thought about stallion. We never even thought about stallion. We went to Sarge's sale to buy mares. We went. We looked at the mares 
that we decided we wanted. There were one we changed our mind of when we went round in pens, but the other five we bought. But as soon as we saw a Rover, Eltondale Rover, we'd never seen anything like him, Tom. I've never seen I've never seen shock absorbers under a under a pony. Pure pony, all that bone and it were flat. And oh you should have ridden him. I rode him, I brought Murs home on him. We didn't give a fortune for Rover for a stallion. But we'd have, we'd decided where we were going, we'd have give a lot more money for Rover. We, we, once we'd seen him, we were having him. That, that we wanted him. Yeah. And it was a real, you know, it was a real exciting sale. I've got some photographs and a bit of cine footage somewhere. I'll have to try and dig them out. But it was packed, wasn't it? I don't think I've ever been Tom, to a fell pony sale like we, that. We went round pens and looked at them, and then we came back into front of auction. We, we, we'd come in up from front of auction, uh, Penrith, and uh, we went to doors to get into ring, and they were just, you couldn't. And I'm at front of our Alec, and our Alec said, keep going, I'm gonna shove. I've never been swore at as much in my life, Tom. When he stopped shoving, I was right up to rail at ring. He just shoved me right through everywhere. He just, we were, someone said we were rigged. I went out to do it with me, I would stood up front. He just shoved. I was kidding, we were at back, and he just shoved me right, right up till we got to front, and, uh, it was well he did, because I don't know how we'd have got in otherwise. Well, we, my dad must have been at the front, because we, um, we ended up coming away with um, lot number one, Heltondale, Polly Perkins, the 12th, um, I'm losing track now, 12th. Well, it, it, it were um, set and fall off Polly Perkins that really put us up map. So why is that? How, how's that? Her second cult fall, well by Hercules, he, he was just super, we were a proper little type, he felt what we call little tap. Uh, what you've got to remember is that it's, it's called a fell pony, isn't it, Tom? And it's that pony, that pony, that, that is so important. And it, it were like, it may, it, just a touch more better defined than maybe Rover, his dad, but um, he wanted a lot of beating in your ring. And someone came wanting one for, to, to, to ride it shoring, and so it went south. And a lot of times when it was shown, when they showed and it won and it qualified for eyes and stuff like that, we sold, it, we were selling ponies off its results. When Sarge's sale were on, it were actually a once in a lifetime opportunity to buy in it, to buy the best of stock. You can buy, you can go and buy good stock, but not everybody will sell you the best, will they? Well, I, I wouldn't sell my best ones, no. You want to keep this, you know, some of them are keepers always, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Who influenced you in those early days then? You know, who who did you get advice off? Um, did you go and see people? Did people come round and, I mean, you know, at a time when we're losing herds, here you are establishing a new herd. Yeah, but I think, I don't think being a sheep farmer did me any harm. Because you take notice they're all sheep farmers, I'm a male farmer. It's, yeah, that's like them first few years that we won that driver's trophy. I love winning it because that remember. What's the driver's trophy? Tell, tell tell everyone what that is. That trophy. It's the, it's the top. It's for the herd that scores the most points winning from 
both Breedshaws and Stallion Shaw, but it's in memory of Chris Thompson. And he were ill, Ill sheep, he were Ill sheep farmer, just like me, just like my dad was, just like my granddad was. So, yeah, I love winning it. Are you ready? This is the bit we've been waiting for. This is the bit where each week I ask our guests to call the herd home. So basically, I'm going to call my mares home, and I want you to call, do whatever your call is to call your mares home. You might have to take a step back away from your phone. Right, I'm going to do. Right, your turn. If you like what you're hearing, why not come and join the herd at Patreon and help us continue to provide great content for free. As well as podcasts, we've already uploaded over an hour of Felpony films to our Felpony Adventures YouTube channel. So come and join the herd at patreon.com slash felpony. You often hear people talking about a stamp of pony. So to an untrained eye, you could put five ponies in a ring yeah. from different studs and they might all look the same. But actually, there are subtle differences that a trained eye would be able to tell you which herd that pony had come from, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, they would. So how would you describe the Wellbrow stamp of pony? Wellbrow stamp of pony is normally under 13 too. Maybe not over long, nice short, good length of rein, always a good length of rein, always a good shoulder. With us having done a lot of riding, you need to breed a pony for, for a market. We, we breed for a market. They've got to be so they can be ridden. But I don't breed the real big, I don't breed them pushing 14 hands because of where we are. We, we can't get into that. But I want a tremendous set of legs underneath them. They've got to have beautiful flat bone. They've got to have a small ox, and that is why my ponies move. You get them ox too far through, you will make them move wrong and wide at back end. You keep them ox nice, clean, well-defined, a good distance for the floor. You mustn't have them too low to the floor. You'll, you'll, you'll find out that your ponies move a lot better. If, if they don't, if they can't pick their feet up and move forward, then, then it's, it's wrong. You want them moving forward. Normally, when, when we're showing, I can if I enjoy going in ring, I enjoy showing. I'm, I'm pretty level with show ring. If I stand last, I accept it. I like winning, and I do like winning, just like everyone else. Uh, yeah, you, you want a right good walk and a tremendous trot, and you've got a good fell pony. So you came away from... The Helton Dale dispersal sale with what? Seven, eight mares and a stallion? No, I'll come away with five mares. Five mares, okay. And stallion. What have you got now? How many mares are, how many mares are there? How many stallions? What, what's the set up now? Oh, we've got... We don't breed off them all. I have my own way of sorted mares. We've 45 mares. We have. Um, 45? 45 mares. Five stallions. And I've five colts to license this time. So of those 45 mares, how many of them can you catch? How many can I catch? Back to the semi-wild, semi-feral stuff, really, you know, how... Oh, Tom, you're asking me a tricky question now. I could put my hands on on the moor. I could walk up to most most of them, walk up to them, just rub my hand along them. I 
I'd be lucky if I could put a rope on three or more. Me and Michelle, you can't believe how, when they come home, you can't believe how quiet they are. We handle them. We, we walk them through a building. We have a good setup, but there's not so many that you'd catch on more. No, but you put your hands on them. You'll walk. You'll walk up. You'll you'll put your hand on on them. Um, yeah, you'll never. They're very canny, aren't they? They know if you've got. <laughs> I have to hide a rope under the back of my jumper you'll, or something. You'll, they know. you'll not put. You'll not put your hands on Wellbury Parts because Wellbury Part has never ever been touched. I'd like to see her actually. I don't know if I've seen that one. Um, so look, uh, next, where am I going? Um, showing, showing, and the importance of showing as a breeder. Yeah. You've got to do it, have you? If you're a breeder, if you want to sell ponies, you've got to show. It does help. It really does help. It, it's it results sell ponies. They do, but you don't. You don't actually. If you if you're selling them to right, they're going to right homes. Then you don't really need to do a lot of showing yourself. And was there a point where, because did you start showing right from the word go? Were you that you were just in big time? Were you? I took my my colt fall, Wellbury Royal Victor off Eltondale Pollock Fifth. So really, to me, because she were in fall when I bought her, Sarge bred that fall because he put that merit at Stallion. So, but first time I watched it ring weird, I want class. Um, and I'd been, I'm, I was brand new to it, you see, fell showing and that, and I'd been, I'd, I've got it up as good as I could get it up, and it had some whispers under its belly, and it were at Barningham, and I came out at ring, and uh, Greta Noble came up to me straight away, said, well done, Andrew. I said, I've done my best, but she said, don't take them whispers off its belly. You've got to, it's got to still have them on. And I thought, yeah. So I nearly, I nearly made a mess there, Tom. But uh, was there a point where, after a few years, you, you, you're doing really well? You're breeding good ponies. You're showing lots. You're thinking, okay, let's buy more mares. Let's get bigger. No, we've 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 not. We haven't bought that many. What what we did was, so we've got to 1996 breed show because we we got in, and I've gone for a day out to look at everything. I'm not look. You walk before you can run, Tom. So we've, we've gone to have a look at everything. I've got talking to Serge, and a relic fancy degree fell pony. So I ends up going back to set after it show, goes back to Serge's and buys two of his TB greys. And then we got to, I, we're either last week in January 97, her first week in February. And I went back up. He rung me up, did Sarge. Because we discussed another three what were there. And um, he just says to me, are you not, are you not coming up for these three? He, he won't, I, what he asked you, he had to give. I'm, I'm used to like, you know, now then, nah, 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 then, now then, now then, what's best that Benetech like? And uh, no, it didn't work with Sarge. I went up and I bought them three, them other three, so we got five. Other than that, we bought Bolton Abbey Blackbird off Billy Kerr. That were a tremendous mare, real mare, bred well for us, bred us some good ponies. In February 2000, Bill Potter sold quite a few ponies in Penrith. And we bought 
Green Home Opera and she had Carmen. And Carmen's line of ponies is it's as good as the Meltondale ponies. She's bred well. She was got by Green on Mercado with Carmen. So she's she's tremendous set But some people look at her and say she's just a touch long. She's longer than Eltondale ponies, but she's a mare, so we can allow room in a mare for a fall. Well, I remember you saying to me years ago when I was doing some film winding with you, 10, 10 or 12 years ago, I remember you saying it, it takes a good mother to have a good son. Well, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it takes a good mother. It doesn't matter whether, you, whether you're dealing with cattle, sheep, ponies. It takes a good mother to have a good son. So you've, if, you're, if you're not out there actually buying mares, you're, you're, just, you're improving over the last 25 years by choosing the right stallion to go with the mares you've got and hopefully you know, improving on, if there's something not quite right, you've got the right stallion to make. Is that why you've got so many stallions? We've got so many stallions because I haven't got time really to serve mares in hand. So we need to put stallions in different, need to put mares in different pieces of land. So they'll, they'll all come off the fell, they'll, 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 come, they'll off, come off the yeah. fell. They, they, fall, they fall out on the fell, yes. and, and about a month after that, you bring them down when they're ready, to, when they start being in season again. So they'll go on to different en enclosures with different stallion. That's how it is. They'll go on to different, like there's, there's one pasture that we can only stand four mares in there with a stallion. And there's another pasture we can stand 20. I regulate my breeding by stallion goes in for, say, four days, and then he, I go and catch my stallions. I can catch my stallions. Stallion goes home, then for, it might go home for nearly a week. The only stallion that we don't take away from his mares is Wellbred Rover. Because <laughs> unless Michelle's about, he uh, won't come to me. <laughs> well, I know, I've got my own stories of Wellbred Rover, haven't oh, I? But yeah. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> you lent him me a couple of years ago, didn't you? And um, within, within 24 hours, he'd got out and got himself stuck in a bog. <laughs> <laughs> but he's everything. He's everything that a fell pony should be. He has. He's got the flat bone. He's got the good joints. He moves like stink. He's and you look at him and you think he's as wild as them hills. He's come off. Oh, he's he's, he's a grand, grand little loss. He is. He's a good little loss. So okay. So back back to breeding. I suppose my way of doing it, which is what I learned from my dad, is um, the first thing he was looking for was well, the first quality is like, will it survive? You stick it out up on that common, yeah. up on that fell, with minimal assistance, will it survive? And then after that, will it breed? Because as you say, it is at the end of the day business, and we've got to have ponies, got to have foals most years. Yeah. Now then, I think that's where it gets interesting because then people will go different ways of what they're looking for. So for me in my business, which is um, you know fell pony adventures, wild camping, pack pony treks, temperament is next on my list. You know, it's got to have a good temperament. I've got to be able to work with it. Temperament is 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 really important. Eltondale Rover, all them foals got by Eltondale Rover. They were easy. They went quiet. They just you brought them off there. They. They were not like people's in their field. They haven't been handled every day. You bring them off there in a week, they were quiet. So then after that, after that, then I suppose this is where I think other people might put these in priorities might be different. Then we're looking at um, 
bloodlines and confirmation, aren't we? You know, so, you know, how much emphasis are we looking at what it says in the passport and how much are we looking at the pony for how it stands in front of you? Well, we'll look at how it's bred and its passport, look at its breeding. Then we'll look at the pony. Well, I looked at the pony though before we look at the passport because that's why we want to look at the passport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So, if it hadn't got a good set of joints and good limbs under it, Tom, I'm not bothered whether it's level or whatever it is or whether it's, if it hadn't got them, them joints, it, it won't do. It's got to have good joints, but it has to move. They've lost movement. Felt ponies have lost movement. And people can see movement because when I show like when I showed Lancashire lad years ago, Lancashire lad is he only ever got shown once, Stallion show, and everybody said, Don't it move? Have you seen it move? And then you look at some of them and well they, they know what movement is because they can see it. You, you need you need that movement. It's it's a lot nicer riding on what moves. Another thing, what you've just mentioned earlier about your dad and hardiness, right? I have a colt. Well, he's not a colt now. He'll be four, maybe five year old. And he's still going to be licensed this time. Of a completely different breed line. Um, he's a bit taller than what our ponies normally are, but it won't matter because if no matter how if, if if I used the stallion in this part of the world that were fourteen hands, you'd be lucky if you put an inch on your ponies because of the environment they live in. Because the environment they live in, but. Quietly over the first couple of years, William, I've, I have a piece of ground. It goes from 1,100 foot up to 1,500 foot. And we put a colt or two on there. And I check them every day. Now, if they're losing condition, if I think they're good enough to be a stallion, if they're losing condition throughout winter, I bring them home. And I don't, I cut them. But if they keep the condition, then I'll keep them as a stallion. They've got to be hard, Tom. That's another, it is another thing. They have to be hard. We, we need that hardiness in them or else they'll, they'll, be, they'll be no good. So kind of back to start, really, you know, winters are, summer's, summer's amazing. Where you are, the summers are beautiful, but they don't last long. And winters are long, long and hard. And, you know, I'm up to my, literally in a couple of places, I'm up to almost my knees in mud at the minute. Just, just rain for weeks and weeks. So is there ever, has there ever been a point where you thought, oh, I've had enough of this. Let's let's get out. Let's cut down. Let's make it smaller. I can't do this now. They'll come a point, won't they, Tom? I mean, no, it's I can manage ponies pretty easy, um, and I enjoy it. I, I I enjoy when we went falls. I enjoy when we put a rope on them for the first time. I think I'm pretty good at putting a rope on a pony, but I've had a lot of practice. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of practice over years because, yeah, but no, I, I, I do, I enjoy, I enjoy ponies. So uh, I've touched on this earlier, you know, just the amount of fell ponies, like I said, fell ponies all around the world, all over the place, but fell ponies living as a fell pony on a fell, less than 200 mares, I think is the latest statistic that I know of. So what, and, and we have been losing herds, you know, not every year, but the last 10 years, you know, there's a few more herds gone for different reasons. Yeah. You know, it's an ageing population of breeders. It is. I think it's, yeah. So what, what is, and what do you think is the future for the semi-feral herds? I think you're going to have 
hopefully that, that different families that are still, that have felt bonus today, that the younger generations will want to keep one or two. But there's none of them want to keep the amount of bonus that previous generations have kept. Okay, so I'm going to get on to um, stuff you've won. So um, you've won lots of things with your ponies, haven't you? <laughs> um, which pony or award are you the most pride, proud of? The one show that I wanted to win, it's not felt pony shows. I wanted to win Great Yorkshire. It's a farmer's show. And I'm a farmer through and through. I'd bred, it, I'd bred champion, I'd bred it before, I'd bred champion before. I'd won yearly class quite a few times. But I wanted to win. I wanted champion fell. Uh, when was that and which horse did you win with? with... It's, it's a few few years since now. I won it with Wellbury Mikado. Stallion Show. Um, I went in Stallion Show with Lancashire Lad. And Burtwood Judge. Burt Moreland, Loonsdale. Uh, Burt Moreland. And I won't even class with Wellbury Express. I went into two-year-old class and I won it with Wellbury Lancashire Lad. They both moved out of their skin. Bert looks for the same as me. They've got to move. He likes speed. We like speed. It's, it's, you like it. So we got to, what? I think there were only one class that day that a Wellbury pony didn't win, but I enjoyed winning Stallion Show with Wellbury Rusty. Because Rust, Rusty, I've only ever won Stallion Show with brown stallions. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Because I, I don't see you as particularly brown herd, actually. You know, most of no. But you've, you, you've, you have got a little story about Walter, haven't you? Because um, you witnessed this. I've only oh, ever heard the story, but you witnessed it. We saw it. So hang on. So I'm just going to stop you there. So, so, so anybody that doesn't know, Walter, Walter Lloyd is my dad, who had the ponies where, where Andrew now runs his, and they were forever getting off the common. And Okay, so I'll let you take over the story now. So where were they? It seems that his ponies had been down further down in Face It, and they'd been on uh, two rows of houses called King Street. They'd been on King Street. As you come off King Street, uh, the Shawford end, where we are, we're all up Shawford, there's a little ginnel to walk through. Well, we saw Walter coming up the main road and we were stood in the yard at Cam Farm. And Cam Farm were known by older people in Shawford as paradise. Because it just looks over the top of the, the valley. They said that when they looked up, that were paradise, there were only one place out of that were heaven. Well, we were stood there looking, overlooking road, you could overlook road, and these fell ponies all come flying up road, all up road, and Walter sat on, on back one, he sat on it. No saddle, no bridle, nothing. They were all trotting like mad, then they turned up Langate, going home. It was not right away, but it, it was a while after, and we were talking to Walter, and I said to, to him, I said, uh, that were good, I said, riding that horse, that pony up road with no saddle and bridle. He said, Andrew, he said, it come through that ginnel off King Street and I put my hands on it, it's flipping mane. He says, and it, it knots, he said, they were tangled with me, he said, I just had to leap. And so he, he just leapt on it and come up main road. It, honest to God, Tommy, it, it's one of them things you'll only see once in your lifetime. You just look, we just looked down and they were all coming up main road and they were on 
pony at back of one with no saddle bridle or anything, just coming on behind them. And it, it was good to see. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, that, I think I think we're getting done now. So I've I've got last five minutes. I've got three one-word answer questions. Yeah. I haven't prepped you for right. these. It's just one-word answer. So the first one: ride or drive. Yeah, I've always ridden, but I do drive. That's three words. Four words. Um, okay. Number two: favorite pony or line in the history of the breed. My favourite pony's got to be Dash. Elton Dill, lucky girl, the fifth. Yeah. No, 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 no. My favourite pony will all bear carry. Right, third question, third one. Black, brown, bay or grey? Right. It's got to be grey. And then what, ponies I mentioned are black, but yeah, I like greys. But it's got to be a proper grey. Don't start going great till it's five year old. By the time it's eight, it's dappled, beautiful. Andrew, you've been an amazing sport. It's been really interesting talking to you. Um, I hope um, spring comes really, really soon and Dr. Green starts pushing those little uh, tips of the green grass through the soil because. Uh, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I think we're all we're all ready for it, Tom. But the only thing we don't want is we don't want fe- we've had enough rain already. We don't want February to be as wet as last February, do we? Well, there we go. Fingers crossed. Uh, anyway, thank Andrew. Thanks again. It's been a really pleasure talking to you. No, thanks, Tom. Thank you very much. Listening back to that conversation, there's a couple of things that really stood out for me. As much as generations of ponies teaching their young stock. There are so many things being passed on through generations of horsemen and horsewomen that hang on such a very fine thread. It's not something you can learn on YouTube. It's something that becomes imbued over time. You get to a point where you can feel it rather than think it. Thank you so much for joining me and listening so far. This has been the very first episode of Fell Pony Podcast. If you liked it, please do me a favour and subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you really liked it, do me an even bigger favour and leave a review. It will really help us get the word out. A huge thanks to my patrons who make all this possible. I am eternally grateful for your support. So why not come and join the Patreon herd and help us keep this podcast alive? Find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and you'll be able to find more episodes wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. I'm Tom Lloyd, and you're listening to the Fell Pony Podcast. See you next time. Mm-hmm.